Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. This week, I have been pouring into all of the best rotations in the game, trying to come up with a top 10 list of who are the best rotations in baseball. And I'll tell you, this list changed a lot throughout the process, and the biggest riser on the list from where I started to where I ultimately put them was the Seattle Mariners. And that's what brings us to today's comparison. Who has the better rotation, the Mariners or the Astros? I felt like it was really a good idea to put these two teams right next to each other in the rankings because I really do believe they're the two teams that will battle it out in the AL West this year. And the Mariners have a puncher's chance here to go out to surprise some people and to win the division. I think if we look at both the Astros and the Dodgers, the guys that have been the perennial favorites each year, each comes in with a little bit more question marks than in years past. Now, for the Dodgers, there's questions all over the place. There's some questions in the rotation, just with Walker Buehler out and not really doing too much to replace a Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney, some of the guys that left them in free agency. They did get Noah Syndergaard, but there's, there's questions, right? There's some questions in the bullpen. There's some questions around the diamond. You look over and you look at the Astros. Their bullpen's unbelievable. Their infield's great. Maybe there's some questions in center field. The one place where you can look at and kind of scratch your head a little bit is the starting rotation. Now, it's still a top five rotation in baseball, in my opinion. And actually, when I started this list, I had them in number two. Ultimately, number two ended up going to the Atlanta Braves. Because overall, with Max Fried and Spencer Strider and then the immense depth they have behind them, they had the front end talent and the depth. And that was the big thing when making this list. It was that combination of... Front end, one, two, three guys that you could trust going to a playoff series, preferably to have three of them, but at least two. And then how much depth do you have behind them to get through a 162 game season? Because these rankings are not the top 10 rotations come October, it's top 10 rotations in baseball. So, how do you get through 162? And when I look at the Astros, there is some question. Now, there's no question atop with Fran Valdez and Christian Javier. Not only were they both incredible in the regular season, and particularly with what Javier did with the strikeouts, but Valdez has proven to be the best ground ball pitcher in the game, one of the best ground ball pitchers of all time. That's how good he's been. But to me, it's, okay, on the grandest stage, what happened? Justin Verlander, who they lost out of this rotation this offseason, you know, pitched to a 175 ERA all year, wasn't as dependable come October. You know who was dependable? Valdez and Javier. Valdez won each of his last three playoff starts, one in the ALCS, two in the World Series. He allowed just two runs across 19 and a third innings pitched. That's pretty remarkable. Christian Javier, well, you know what he did? In his last two starts, one in the ALCS, or his only two starts because he came out of the bullpen in the wildcard round. So in his ALCS start and his World Series start, he did not allow a run in either game. But what's even more impressive is, for one, we all know what he did in the World Series. That's six innings, no-hit baseball, became a combined no-hitter against the Phillies. The start prior, he allowed just one hit. Christian Javier has some of the best stuff in the game, and that one-two punch is dynamic. Then you go to number three in that rotation, Luis Garcia. He's as solid as it can be. Over the last two seasons, he has racked up at least 155 innings pitched. 
and he has a sub-4 ERA each year. So as a three, you trust him. The big question and concern is what happens beyond that because right now with Lance McCullers out, again, you're looking at Jose Urquidy who has good numbers throughout his career, mind you, but the expected metrics scream for regression. When you have an expected ERA over 4.5 and an expected FIP is up there as well, it's in the you know healthy fours compared to the ERA where he's been able to manage it under four most seasons last year, 3.97. He's not a bad fifth starter, but you don't like him as your four. So with McCullers out, this puts the onus on Hunter Brown to step up and be that guy for them. And I think he has every capability to do so. Otherwise, I would have knocked them further down these rankings than I ultimately put them. But you look last year, 0.89 ERA when he did have his little cameo with the big league club, 20 and a third innings pitched. In AAA, 106 innings pitched, 2.55 ERA. So I think Brown will be the answer at the four spot. And with that, Urquidy at five with McCullers on the way. It was still one of the top rotations in the game. But I had the Mariners higher. The Seattle Mariners were number three on my list of the top rotations in baseball, which is an incredible jump for them based on even the production they got last year altogether. To be a top three rotation isn't necessarily what they were, but I think it's what they can be because now you have a full year of Luis Castillo. And Castillo gets to go from pitching in a ballpark that's brutal in the Great American Ballpark for the Reds where you can give up a home run at any time and he found a way to navigate it and still have good numbers for all of these years. Now he gets to go to Seattle, a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly park for him. He pitched to a 3.17 ERA and 11 starts down the stretch, 77 strikeouts and 65 in the third. But what's incredible then is he starts the first game for the Mariners in the playoffs in over two decades, gave him seven scoreless to beat the or to beat the Blue Jays. Excuse me, uh, was pretty good in the next start too against the Astros. Though he gave up a couple home runs, three runs altogether, but still got them through seven. So Castillo is a guy that I think is proven. I think he's going to be a great ace for them. You know, is he going to win the Cy Young this year? I don't know about that. Do I like Valdez and Javier maybe a smidge more? Uh, potentially. But I don't think it's that far off. I think these are all guys that are in the back end of the top 20 starters in the game. And then when you move beyond that, the overall depth that the Mariners possess is what tipped the scale for me. Because you expand beyond Castillo and you say, all right, well, you know, here's a guy they just extended and you know, gave him a, a long-term contract to trade him for him. And they had this other guy they gave a six-year or five-year $115 million deal. Those are the two kind of coaces of the staff. When you look at Robbie Ray coming off you know, the Cy Young in 2021 before he signed that contract, and I don't think that's the case. I think Robbie Ray might be the four on the staff this year. It's a pretty high-priced four, but when you have Logan Gilbert and George Kirby, two 25-year-old studs who the best might be yet to come, that's where you look at Robbie Ray and say, wow, maybe he is the four. And if he's the four, you can bear Robbie Ray, who's got a Cy Young under his belt as the four, to Jose Urquidy and Hunter Brown. That's where... The scales tip towards the Mariners. Now, of course, you need Gilbert and Kirby to do what they did last year. And for Gilbert, that was a 3.20 ERA. He led the team in you know starts and innings pitch, 185 and two thirds. So that was pretty incredible for Gilbert in his you know second year to to show up and show out and to to improve as much as he did. So it's good to see on his end. And Jordan Kirby has a chance to be the ace of the staff one day, if not this year. I mean. 
This was a top prospect who came up last year, pitched to a 3.39 ERA. And what gets me about him is his actual ERA pretty much in line with his expected ERA and his expected FIP. His expected ERA was 3.31. His expected FIP was 3.33, both slightly better than the 3.39 ERA he put up. But that just shows that you know this isn't a guy that has a 4.27 expected ERA, and we can think that there's a chance he's going to regress greatly. I mean, he got better and better as the year went on. He throws strikes with the best of them. He's the type of guy that one year could easily uh, lead the league in the lowest walk per nine rate. It was 1.52 last year, over 130 innings pitched. He had 22 walks. His strikeout to walk ratio of 6.05 was the seventh best mark among pitchers with at least 100 innings pitched. That's Justin Verlander type territory here with the way that he limits the walks and still can get his strikeouts. I think the the sky's the limit for Kirby, and he is the biggest kind of helium that either of these two rotations have. I think, I mean, Hunter Brown for the Astros. Uh, You'd imagine he could be good, but in year one, how good is he going to be? Is he going to actually pitch to a... You know, sub 3 5 ERA, potentially even a sub 3 ERA. I don't think so. Whereas Kirby could actually do that, and I wouldn't be surprised. I believe he had the second highest FIP or something like that, or second lowest FIP. Uh, don't quote me on that stat. I didn't pull that one for the article, but I'm I'm remembering texts, uh, or maybe that was Shohei. Regardless, uh, Kirby had an amazing run down the stretch. He was great in the second half. I think he's going to take another step this year. I think he does take that step to be the number two behind Castillo, ultimately, even though I think Gilbert enters the season in that spot. And that three-headed monster, it might not be quite as good altogether um, going into the year as as a Valdez and a Javier and a Garcia. If you just simply rank them, I don't know, maybe... The overall composite ranking for the Astros might give them a slight edge because you just have seen a little more um, from Valdez and Javier than maybe Castillo and Gilbert. Although, I mean, Javier is kind of new to the game. He's just a guy that struck out the world last year and his stuff is so nasty that you can dream about his potential. But when we look at the overall depth of these staffs, the the Mariners have the edge for me. And to take it a step further... When you get beyond, therefore, they have two veterans in Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen that I trust as a five. I like both Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen more than Jose Urquidy. And so that's why the Mariners end up three on this list. Originally, I was going to go, I think it was Mets one, Astros two, Mariners three, Braves four. Decided to slide Braves into the second slot. Then it was Astros Mariners, and originally it was going to be Mariners four because it's like, all right, you got to go out and prove that you have the better rotation, and that's how you're going to win this division. If you can prove that, if you can prove that you have the best rotation in the West, then you got a chance here. Because when we look at the lineups, you know the Astros they still have the best infield in baseball per our rankings. Their outfield still has Kyle Tucker in it, Michael Brantley. Chaz McCormick in center field giving you great defense. Uh, you know, Jordan can go out there and play some left if you want him to. Their outfield's great. Their lineup, when you go one through six now and you added Jose Abreu where they want to bump Pena down in the order, they can go Altuve to Bregman if they wanted to. 
Uh, you know, they can have Jordan batting third, uh, Abreu batting fourth, Kyle Tucker. I mean, that, that one through five is as good as it gets. There's a sixth that I probably just said, and now I'm drawing to blank on it. El Pena would be the sixth uh, to still have the Brantleys you can mix in. And I, I mean, this is a loaded team. I think the Astros are still the team to beat, of course, in not only the West, but the American League. But if the Mariners step up this year and that rotation goes from three to one, and they're the best rotation in the game, and Castillo is having a career year pitching to a 2-8 ERA and giving them seven innings on a regular basis, and Gilbert repeats what he did last year. He's sitting at a 3-2, and Kirby takes a step, and he's at a 2-8 as well. And Robbie Ray is a little bit closer to 2021 Robbie Ray than 2022 Robbie Ray. Maybe he's living at a 3-4 instead of a 3-7 with his ERA. And then you have Gonzalez and Flexen each grabbing starts as well to round out the rotation. The Mariners are going to win a lot of games. A lot, a lot of games. Got a full year of J-Rod as well, just like they did last year. I uh, got Teoscar Hernandez coming into the fold to help him, give him some protection in the lineup. Uh, we'll see what Suarez can bring coming off the year he just had. But I like the Mariners as a sneaky pick this year to take that division. Um, and it all hinges on that starting rotation that is better than the Astros rotation and the third best starting rotation in the game of baseball. Make sure you go to the episode description Read the whole article I wrote. There's a lot of interesting debates in there. You know, who do you like more? You like the Blue Jays or the Dodgers rotation? Uh, you know, do you like uh, the Brewers or the Astros, the Brewers or the Yankees? That was a fun little debate that we were having in some text uh, chains leading into the publishing of that list. So there's a lot there to look at. Uh, of course, you'll find my mess atop the list. No surprise there. Uh, but the more you go down, I think you'll understand why we rank these rotations as we did. It's the best combination of the top end talent, uh, you know, headlining your rotation, the one and two spots, and even the three. And then it's who's got the depth through sixth that makes you feel confident that they're not going to have some guy th- going out there and getting rocked every fifth day. If there's an injury, that'll really drag the rotation down, drag the overall ERA and production of those rotations down. It's depth, it's up, upper-end talent. And when it comes to the Mariners and the Astros, uh, I think they both have the incredible upper-end talent up top that allowed them to, to break in the top five. The Mariners, they just got a little more depth here, and that put them ahead of the Houston Astros. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Who's Better Baseball. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. And make sure you're checking out all the great content we have over at JustBaseball.com.